In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I was summoned into my boss's office. As I walked to the office at Longhorn Steakhouse, I saw the post on the door of John Wayne eating out of a silver cup. I rattled the door on the Duke's cowboy hat, and I entered with fear and trembling. I saw on my boss's desk a report that said in bold letters, secret shopper score. My immediate reaction was, oh no, I messed up, and I'm going to get a severe and unpleasant talking to. I had been waiting tables at this point for around five years at Longhorn Steakhouse during my time as an undergrad. In restaurants, there's a grading metric called secret shoppers. Guests will come in and grade the performance of the restaurant. There are metrics that the restaurant is graded from the friendliness of staff to the cleanliness of the restrooms to the quality of the food. My boss revealed the score of my secret shopper score, which I was relieved to find out. I scored a perfect 100. And so I was given a reward. I went to receive my award, a reward in a certain place of fellowship, and enjoyed it with its velvety combination of vanilla, honey, and rose petals, before broadening out to include a zesty orange flavor with notes of hazelnut, sherry, and dark chocolate. I was examining my secret shopper's report while enjoying this reward. I was looking for a subject for my senior project in my psychology department. As I sat there listening to the data in this report, it occurred to me, how can I predict a good guest experience at my restaurant? Then a light bulb went off. Aha! A statistical regressional formula must be utilized. In my zeal, my excitement, I rushed over and gently tapped on the Duke's cowboy hat once again, and I convinced the manager to give me all the secret shoppers' scores from all of the Longhorns in Middle Tennessee. My study that I conducted revealed a direct correlation with a good greeting and that of a positive guest experience of hospitality. This makes perfect sense, of course. When the server offers an enthusiastic welcome, it sets the tone for a delightful experience. The guest feels welcomed. The guest is put at ease. They can finally sit back and relax after a long day and enjoy the entirety of the experience. On the other hand, if the guest is not greeted with kindness or attention, for instance, if the host is busy looking at their phone, the guest will not feel seen, ruining the entirety of the experience. Thus, I concluded that being a good practitioner of hospitality is predicated on being warm and loving at the very onset of a greeting. At the heart of the narrative of the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch we heard from Acts this morning, is a superb illustration of evangelism rooted in the distinct love of hospitality as prescribed by our Lord, Jesus Christ. In this narrative, the author provides a setting 
a deserted wilderness road, and a chariot. We've been provided with some interesting characters, Philip and a eunuch from Ethiopia who was a minister to his queen, and of course, the star of the show, the Holy Spirit. As the author Luke sets up the scene, we begin to see some major themes emerge. Noted theologian and preacher Fred Craddock highlights two major themes in this passage. The first, the Holy Spirit is the primary catalyst in the expansion of the gospel into the world. The second, the universal impact of the gospel as it breaks through geographical and ethnical barriers. The Holy Spirit acts as a catalyst in the form of an angel who provides direction to Philip, instructing him how to proceed in his mission. Throughout Acts, we see the function of the Holy Spirit as a catalyst offering direction to Christians. From Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders, from guiding Paul, Barnabas, Judas, and Silas, and speaking to Paul in Acts 21 regarding his journey into Jerusalem. In this narrative this morning, the story commences with the Spirit directing Philip and ends with the Spirit snatching up Philip. The universal impact of the gospel breaking through the geographical and ethical boundaries is evidenced through the encounter and conversion of someone considered as another. The story that we heard represents the fulfillment of an Old Testament hope that foreigners would be welcomed into the house of God. The book of 1 Kings, chapter 8, verses 41 through 43, says of God, Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, comes from a distant land because of your name, for they shall hear of your great name, your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when a foreigner comes and prays to your house. Then hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all the foreigner calls to you so that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and so that they may know that your name has been invoked on this house that I have built. This story from Acts not only realizes this hope, but takes welcome and hospitality to a new level with the foreigner, with this outsider who was baptized, incorporated, and grafted into the people of God. Furthermore, this outsider leaves with rejoicing in his heart. At the very heart of the story is evangelism. We see here in this narrative Philip's commitment to evangelism rooted in love. The love of evangelism is exemplified through the command to love our neighbors This love is manifested in showing hospitality to those that are considered strangers. That is, from people from different lands and cultures and people with different ideologies. Being a practitioner of evangelism is mastering the ability to encounter these strangers with the love and hospitality of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philip's example here points us to the imminent importance of being practitioners of love and hospitality as we walk with people towards conversion as well as baptism. Philip listened to the eunuch. He listened to the eunuch in his own terms. He asked questions and showed interest in what the stranger was reading. Last week at our Club 456 meeting, 
we had an exercise in welcoming and hospitality. Meredith placed pictures of middle school students around the gym with a brief narrative about the person's experience coming to church. The students listened intently to these narratives. They were forced with the to, they were forced to answer the question of how best to provide hospitality and love to strangers. After this exercise, we engaged in a fascinating socially distanced discourse, strategizing how best to offer hospitality. During this discourse, I noticed one important theme that continued to come up over and over again. You see, for our middle school students, listening and paying attention to the stranger emerged as the most effective approach to be practitioners of love and hospitality. Listening and paying attention. Philip listened and paid attention to the eunuch and also took the time to answer his questions and guided the conversation towards the Lord Jesus Christ. This narrative that we listened to this morning is a subtle reminder that in the proclamation of faith, people may need an ever so slight gentle nudge supplemented with the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Moreover, in order to be practitioners of this love and hospitality, we must be rooted in the ways of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This Jesus, our Lord, encountered strangers and offered them love and hospitality as if they were his own family. He welcomes lepers, children, and even imperial soldiers. What is most comforting about this narrative this morning is that we do not have to go about this work alone. The Holy Spirit will envelop us, drawing us into the life of the risen Christ. As the Holy Spirit works, we shall be continually taught to love the strangers we encounter and treat them with love and hospitality. Then, then we as a community can enjoy our reward together with its velvety combination of vanilla honey and rose petals before broadening out and to include a zesty orange flavor with notes of hazelnut, sherry, and dark chocolate. Amen.